0: Welcome back to That's Helpful. I'm Ed Star, and I am thrilled to have you here for another episode. If you're just joining us, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode because I have got heaps more coming up for you this month and well into the new year. Really excited to have you with me. Mistletoe, loved up Instagram posts, invites with plus ones and extravagant romantic gestures are just a few of the things that can make solo life feel a little tough at christmas time but it doesn't have to be this way jill stark is a best-selling author award-winning journalist and mental health advocate she says that the single life particularly at this time of year can bring us more joy and freedom than being partnered ever could so how can we learn to celebrate living life untethered and really learn to love our own company regardless of our relationship status jill welcome back to that's Health. i'm thrilled to have you Thanks for having me, Ed. Super excited. To begin with, can you just talk us through your own experience and kind of relationship with being single throughout your life? I mean,
1: I guess I I grew up, I grew up in Scotland and I was raised very much as the sort of cultural norm was that my purpose in life was to get married and have children. And I, I thought that's that's what i wanted and i was in a long term relationship when i moved to australia to to be with this man and um that's what i was pursuing and it was only later when that relationship ended that i realized that i didn't actually ask myself if i wanted to have children or get married i just i was just following the script that had been given to me and i was actually in a pretty dysfunctional relationship towards the end it was it was not healthy and it was you know I think it's always a profound irony to me that people will say are you not lonely being on your own when the loneliest I've ever felt was in a relationship that um really wasn't working um so yeah I you know that was that relationship ended in 2008 and and barring a few short-term Dalliances and um, interactions with people. I, I really have been single ever since. And you know, people often say, wow, that's sort of 15 years of being single. Like, why are you still single? And I, I always say, well, why do we never ask, why are you still married or why are you still partnered? Because you look at some relationships and you think, you really should not be together. Uh, this is not a Seriously. healthy situation. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I've been intentionally single for most of that time. And I've really started to celebrate and enjoy the life untethered and sort of reject the social conditioning that tells us there's something inherently wrong with us if
0: we are not partnered. Absolutely. And you say that admitting you're happy alone can feel like an act of defiance. You kind of touched on it there, but why is that? I mean,
1: we're, we're, we grew up in a culture that is very much uh, focused around coupledom and families, and that is seen as a, a sign of success and anything less than that is seen as a failure. And I think that's, that's the way that we even view solitude. It's seen as something dangerous or sinister and people who are alone, there's something defective about them. Um, and it starts from a very early age so it's not surprising that we would learn to believe that there is a deficiency within us if we have not found the one um, to complete us but you know what I've learned through a lot of good times and bad and, and you often learn the most through the tough times is that the most important relationship you have is with yourself and Nobody can complete you but you. If you're looking for someone else to fill that missing puzzle piece, you're always going to be searching for more, and it does put a lot of pressure on a relationship to expect another person to fulfill all your needs. Like that, just seems like an absurd expectation to put on anyone. So I think it's it's just the way that um, our culture has has really celebrated and. Um, prioritized coupledom over being single. I think it's slowly changing, but I think for women in particular, we are judged particularly harshly if we are alone. We're seen as spinsters or we're left on the shelf where men are not held to the same standard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's also not just your personal experience of solo living that's evidence for how wonderful it can be to live a life that's untethered. But the science also backs it up that it's actually a really great life for us, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, they've they've done research on this and the, the happiest people of any um, demographic are are women without kids or partners. <laughs> and like, you can look at that for a number of reasons. It's, it's just, it's quite stressful having children. It's, um, relationships are really tough and can be quite hard going. Um, but I think there's also this idea that single people are, selfish and the research doesn't back that up either. The research shows that actually single people tend to spend more time um caring for elderly parents. They they might volunteer more, they might see their friends more than people who are in relationships. So there there's a lot more giving than we than we see um, in in media depictions of what it means to be living alone um it's it's very much something that we are taught that we should be sad and lonely like that that we must be looking like I know this has happened to me multiple times and I'm sure a lot of people who are single can relate to this like being at a party and a um a married man saying to me are you married and me saying no and him sort of cocking his head to one side (laughs) and in that sort of sympathetic way that some smug married people do, and said, "Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. I'm I'm sure you'll you'll find someone if you keep looking." And I said, "Well, I'm not looking." And 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 he he was completely baffled by that that, that I wasn't looking because our two um, chosen our two our two life path choices for us are, um, coupled and happy, or single and sadly searching there's there's nothing in between in terms of the narratives that we are we are taught from from childhood. So the, the, the idea that I could be settled in myself seemed like an impossibility to this person but that is something that I, I have celebrated that I, I do. I run I run an event called solo Sundays where I I, I was just sick of not having an event for, single people. You know, we have weddings and engagement parties and bridal showers and bloody gender reveal parties and all of these celebrations for the family life and the coupled life. But what about being solo? What Where's our celebration? So I created one and it was it's really been really empowering just to see all of these people come together and just talk about the strengths and the joys that can come from doing life on your own rather than the this sort of negative, sad and lonely connotations that have been sold to us for
0: so long. Absolutely. And so through running those events uh, and talking to so many different single people, what have you learned about the benefits and the wonderful life that um, living solo can bring?
1: Well, I often talk about, our solo strengths and our, our superpowers as people doing life alone. Um, and one of them is, is resilience because you have to do everything yourself. you know. And a lot of the, I think the thing that a lot of people struggle with when they're unpartnered that we don't talk about as much is not so much the lack of romantic connection or companionship. It's It's someone to carry the mental load with you. You know, (laughs) like every decision you make around your house, whether it's, you know, I need to get a plumber because the shower is leaking, or um, I need to suddenly pay more in bills because the cost of living. We have to do that all on our own. And that does make you quite resourceful, I think. It makes you uh, self sufficient and independent in a way that perhaps when you're coupled you do take some things for granted. Um, But I, I also, I see, I see two types of people coming to these events. There are people who are where I am, who have perhaps been through a period of feeling sad about being alone, but now are actually very much enjoying the life untethered, and are celebrating it and have so much Joy and abundance to share, and then I have other people who want to get to that place, but are still burdened with the sense of defectiveness of something being wrong with them because they are without a partner, and they want to to learn from others about how you can embrace life on your own. Um, and I and I think it's it's often it's the simple things that we take for granted um as solo people I think that I've really enjoyed being more grateful for as a result of these events so just for example you know as someone who, who didn't want children of my own um going to your friend's house with a their two-year-old, who I love dearly, who is one of the great joys of my life, but he's two, and that's a lot. You know, like you spend the afternoon babysitting a two-year-old. You you have two things happen. You have a great deal of respect and admiration for parents, but then I come home to my beautiful apartment for one, and I'm never more content with my life than after I've spent a whole day with a two-year-old because as much as I love him I am so glad to come and shut the door I can um, read a book without anyone jumping on me I can go to the bathroom with the door shut and not worry about being interrupted or the door open as is often the case or walk around naked and all that kind of thing like just the simple things that you can do on your own I think that you that you really don't see as um as strengths you're often just Told that there's there's no redeeming elements to being single, and that's just that's just not been the case for me. Although I have to say, like I was someone who was quite um, sad and lonely and feeling all of those um, cultural pressures and expectations and judgments. You know, really feeling like I was being judged mm-hmm. by other people, which may or may not have been the case but it was more the way that I viewed myself which was le- leading bleeding into that sort of sense of of defectiveness um and you know that wasn't even that long ago maybe like four or five years ago that I would find every holiday very difficult my family's all overseas um because I grew up in Scotland, and I live here. Uh, so mm. Christmas, Easter, those holidays, I would find really difficult if I didn't have anywhere to spend it or anyone to spend it with. And I now nothing has materially changed. I still live away from my family. I'm still single. What has changed is the way mm. I view my solo status.
0: So, so if we're listening to this and we're thinking, okay, yeah, I'm Jill from a few years ago, feeling desperately uncomfortable with being solo, particularly around these big occasions like Christmas, what's your advice for somebody to be able to shift their mindset and start to feel more comfortable uh, and more, you know, embracing that joy of being single? How can we shift our mindset? Well, I think you first have to start from
1: uh, a sort of abundance mindset. So rather than seeing being single as a deprivation, as a deficiency, as something that is lacking in you, actually celebrate the parts of your life that that bring you joy and and are strengths. Um, and 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 really reframing what these holidays in particular mean like Christmas and New Year's and um, Easter like what do they actually mean and why do we feel we have to behave in a certain way on certain days in the calendar and for me it started with New Year's Eve or Hogmanay as we call it in Scotland and every New Year's Eve for as long as I can remember I would go out to a party to a pub because that's what you're meant to do on New Year's Eve. And I think it was maybe about five or six years ago that I decided, I thought to myself, I really don't want to go out on New Year's Eve. It's the busiest night of the year. It's impossible to get home. Everyone's really drunk. Everything's more expensive than usual. Um, every place you go is absolutely packed. Like It's just, it's not, and it also has this enormous pressure on it to be the best night of the year Mm. you know like this has to be the biggest party of the year and you have to like vow that you're going to change and this is going to put this year behind you and now the next year is going to be better and it's just there's so much pressure on that that night and I didn't really want to go out and I thought I just want to stay home and I I was but in my head I was like well I can't because it's New Year's Eve and then I just took a step back from it why can I not stay home on New Year's Eve it's literally just a day it's just a day yeah it might be a Friday, it might be a Wednesday, it might be a Tuesday, it's just a date. it's the 31st of December, it means nothing, <laughs> really, other than the cultural expectations we put on it. So I, I thought to myself, what do I want to do? Like, what would be more life-giving for me? Um, and this also coincided as, you know, we've talked on one of the other episodes of your pod, Ed, we talked about my journey with sobriety, and really does go hand in hand, I think, because the two learning to uh, love your life solo and also not drinking, they're both things that really are pushing against the cultural norms. Mm-hmm. You're kind of pushing against the social ties. So I think I learned a lot from sobriety about doing what I want to do rather than what's expected of me. And so I didn't really want to get go out because it's really what's—it's the drunkest night of the year and that's not enjoyable. So I was like, well, what do I want to do? I was like, I actually want to stay home and possibly go to bed at 10 (laughs) o'clock but you have to stay up till midnight no you don't you actually don't if you've got good earplugs you can go to bed at 10 (laughs) o'clock if you live near this in the city like I do and I just thought right so I I created a New Year's Eve ritual and anyone who wants to follow me on Instagram you can go look at my ritual from last New Year's Eve I made a little reel about it and I I go and have a massage during the day and then I I Eat my favorite foods. Um, I danced around my lounge room. I I sat down and I wrote a hundred things that went well or that I was proud of in Aww. the year that had just ended. And that was a really that was a really nourishing exercise that made me really reflect in a way that you're meant to as you're standing in the middle of a pub, <laughs> six <laughs> pints deep at midnight you're meant to think about the years that's gone by but you, there's not really a lot of space to do that mentally or otherwise when you're in a very busy venue so I was able to do that I light a candle it's all very your know, white girl yoga things but you know it was um very good for the soul I find and that is a ritual that I have repeated every year I mean I even last New Year's Eve I was invited to Clementine Ford's New Year's Eve party and and I didn't go, which goes to show you how much I <laughs> cherish this ritual because that was a white lotus-themed New Year's Eve party oh. at Clementine Ford's house. It was gonna be it was gonna be big, <laughs> and I didn't go, and I have no regrets about that. And this year Um, Because a bunch of friends and I are actually going away for New Year's Eve, uh, we've hired a a house and we're going to go for a few nights away. So I will miss out on my New Year's Eve ritual. So this year, for the very first time,
0: I'm going to switch it to Christmas Day. (sighs) fantastic. Oh, that's lovely. What a brilliant way. And and I guess that feels like such a gift to yourself and super indulgent and super special and almost way more special than doing, like you say, all those things that other people want you to do. You don't necessarily want to do yourselves.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think we often think that if there's no one else there with us, then we can't have the nice things, but we can. Um, And I think that really speaks to The way that I view solo life now is that I am worth uh, the time and I'm worth the effort and I'm worth having the nice things. You know, we don't have to wait for a romantic partner or anyone to come along and uh, have those nice experiences.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And so if this is the first time that we're solo over the festive season, there's so many events to go to. How can we get more comfortable with socializing solo? You and I first met when we were at Clementine Ford's birthday party and we were both there alone. And i got to tell you, I was really nervous about going there alone, but we had the best time. So how can people get more comfortable with that? Well, I think
1: we often worry what other people will think about us if we are alone, and I think the most important thing to remember is most people aren't thinking about you at all. They are human and flawed and vulnerable like we all are and are probably more self-conscious about their their own self um, than they are worried about whether you have come to the party alone or not. Um, One of the things I find often if you... If you feel like you're a little bit exposed, whether that's because you're not drinking or because you're on your own, as I always find that asking questions of other people is a good way to to deflect. If you don't want to um, feel like you're on the spot, then people love talking about themselves. So just ask questions about other people's lives and that will take some of the edge out of that. And the other thing to remember, which I think is really important, not to wish any uh, discomfort on other people. But just remember that that couple that you see in the restaurant or that family that uh, at the party that looks so happy and <laughs> together often are not. You know, often uh, this time of year can put a lot of strain on relationships. Uh, my psychologist tells me that our busiest time of the year is in the run-up to Christmas because people have to spend time with partners families extended family people that that perhaps have different views to them or they're having to spend uh you know an intensive period of time so all day and night with someone that they might only see in small bursts um or for they have to spend a whole weekend or a week away with them and it can lead to a lot of you know families are flawed and complex and messy and When you're on your own, you don't have to worry about any of that. Sort of takes the drama out of it. There's a reason that divorce lawyers are busiest in the first week after January, because people have survived the holidays just, but they've made a decision like, that's it, I'm not doing that again. So I think it's important to remember that uh, just because you think that everyone is having a hallmark Christmas, uh, that's not necessarily the case and much like Instagram and everything else it's all a bit of a highlights reel and what you see on the outside doesn't necessarily reflect what's going on for those people internally.
0: Yeah I think that is so important to remember and so regardless of the time of year solo dates you say are a vital part of your mental health toolkit why is that and if we want to take ourselves on a solo date where do we start? Well, I think it's about getting
1: comfortable with your own company and really getting to know yourself, and that takes practice. So don't expect that you're going to go out if you're not used to doing that and all of a sudden just, like, be completely comfortable in that situation. It does take practice, and it takes practice in letting go of the self-consciousness you may feel or the um expectation that other people are judging you or looking at you often they're not but even if they were who cares like most of the people you see on the street or in a restaurant or at the cinema or wherever it is that you're going are strangers to you who cares what their opinion is about the way you choose to live your life um but having solo dates I think is a really important part of of honoring the relationship you have with yourself and saying you know I value you in the same way as you would set time in your diary for a friend or a partner put it in your diary that you're going to have a date with yourself and do not cancel on yourself like make sure you you keep that commitment and do something life-giving and and it, it may be something as simple as going for a walk in nature or if, or if you do feel like you can go out for dinner it's funny people often say that they're comfortable going to brunch but not dinner on their own yeah (laughs) and what is that about because it's still the same it's the same act of eating a meal in public but there's something about the time of day that lends uh again back to that cultural conditioning of someone eating dinner alone in a restaurant is sad and lonely where someone going for brunch is probably just come back from the gym or they're just, you know, it's, it's a different mindset. And if, if you can learn to not care about what other people think when you go for dinner, like take it one step at a time. You might want to go to dinner and take a book with you or have a prop so that you don't feel as exposed. But I find that going to dinner on my own, it's like just the best people watching exercise when you're sitting on your own and you can just take everyone in. And again, I often invariably, you'll look around and you go, well, that doesn't look like a happy (laughs) situation at the table next to me. And it's it's not about looking around for misery, but it's just a reminder to yourself that your situation as a solo diner is not by default a worse situation just because you're on your own. That is just uh, a social conditioning that we have had, it is not actually based in fact. Um, I think that often sitting at the bar in a restaurant is a good way to, if you don't feel like, if you, mm. if you feel, feel too exposed to sit at a table, like you sit at the bar, people are next to you. you if you wanted to chat to someone, it would be easier to do that. Um, but yeah, like I, I love going to solo solo taking myself on solo dates. I love going to the cinema alone. I love going to the theater alone. Um, Dinner used to be something that I, I felt self-conscious about. And the other thing I think is really interesting that a lot of people will say that they're happy to eat alone when they're on holiday, but not in their own city Mm. (laughs) or their own own town. So, you know, most people will have had an experience of, of eating alone somewhere when there might be overseas, but when they're at home. And so, again, it comes back to what is that about? It's about judgment. It's what if someone sees me? What if someone thinks something of me? Um, I'm not on holiday. I'm just here living in my local suburb, and that must say something about me as a person. That, again, is a story that you're telling yourself and that you're reinforcing by saying there's something inherently deficient about you because you choose to eat a meal on your own. Um, Yeah, I, I think it just takes practice and it takes a mindset shift of this is something, this is a trait to myself, this is something to savor, this is something I deserve, not, oh, poor me, I'm all alone. Um, I have no one to have dinner with. It's like, it's an active choice to go and take yourself out for dinner.
0: I love that. And I really like the idea that doing all these wonderful things for yourself, you know, taking yourself out to dinner, planning a really beautiful day, or whether that's Christmas day or any other day, and, you know, really gifting yourselves these beautiful experiences. I can really see how that would do wonders for your self-confidence and your relationship with yourself and also reinforce this belief that we absolutely can be our own soulmates yeah and and I
1: think Christmas in particular is is incredibly loaded with emotion and pressure and um a sense of well you have to have someone at Christmas and if you don't have someone at Christmas then what does that say about you and for the last few years I've spent Christmas with Various friends and their families. Like I feel like an orphan, just getting passed around to different people's families. And and it's been it's been really lovely to be invited into someone else's family Christmas. But at the end of the day, it's someone else's family mm-hmm. Christmas. And half the time, the people whose family it is aren't even enjoying it that much. <laughs> and yet, I'm there as a sort of passenger, as a as a tourist. And I think I I have really appreciated the the invitations from people. But this year is the first year that I have not, like, been almost in a sense of panic before Christmas. Like, I, I've become really good at New Year's Eve alone. I spent last Easter, because Easter's an, often a holiday where people are away mm-hmm. with family. Last Easter I booked myself into a hotel in, in the city in Melbourne and uh, spent three nights just pampering myself. It's oh. amazing. Um but yeah, this is the first year that I've not just gone, oh God, whoa, well, I need to I need to spend someone I need to spend Christmas with someone because that was like the last hurdle for me was Christmas Day is such uh, it's just yeah. so loaded and I thought I have to spend it with someone. And then after last Christmas, I thought, I actually think I could do this alone, and I think I probably want to do it alone. Um Yeah. So I did fun? I did put together a little bit of a list uh yesterday just looking at what I'll do on Christmas Day. And 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 again, like we have all of these cultural conventions that on Christmas Day you must eat a certain type of food yeah. and you must listen to a certain type of music and you must put up Christmas decorations and all these rituals. How about this is going to be my thing? I'm going to start my own rituals. What do I want to eat? Maybe I want to eat a wheel of cheese for breakfast, <laughs> and I will. Maybe... I want to eat cereal for dinner. I don't know, like, but I, I've written down all of my favorite foods. Like, yeah, like the kind of growing up in Scotland, obviously, like the full Christmas dinner, like turkey and all the mm-hmm. trimmings, like the bit that I loved most about it was the roast potatoes. So I'm thinking maybe I'll make roast potatoes, <laughs> um, but I don't necessarily have to have turkey with it or anything. <laughs> like maybe I'll just order in food. I, I don't know. Like I, I plan to buy myself some very nice pajamas, um, I plan to give myself some gifts. Um, I yeah, I want to have a bit of a day spa to myself in my in my apartment. Like, do a face mask, uh, do oh. like a foot bath, and <laughs> I don't know, like just and just be at home on my own. And yeah, like be very grateful for the fact that I get to do that. And um, I feel very grateful that I have um a lot of love in my life I have amazing friends who are like family and I will no doubt catch up with them Christmas Eve or Boxing Day and and I expect when I say that I'm going to spend Christmas Day on my own I haven't really talked to many people about it yet that I will get invitations (laughs) (laughs) because you can't possibly spend Christmas Day alone um and I and I know a friend who did actually last year spend Christmas Day on her own and uh, like me as a as an active choice and she had people almost panicked saying to her, but you, oh, you come to our house, like, you, you just, please, you must come to our house. You can't spend Christmas alone. And she was like, no, I'm fine. And I remember messaging her and saying, I'm really jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this next year. She was like, do it. And she had the best time and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And, you know, I might, I might drive myself to the beach or, somewhere in nature i might not i don't i don't know but like the fact is i can do whatever i want and it's just another day it really is just another day and that's a good way to look at it as well if you can't get out of commitments that you would rather not have to to go to like just remember it's just a day and you'll get through it um but, but i do think that carving out time to spend on your own whether it's, it doesn't have to be christmas day but it's like throughout your life is actually a really good practice For anyone, whether you're partnered with family, single, whatever it may be, I think it's actually a really good skill to learn because when you become self-sufficient and look to yourself for your own emotional needs, that takes pressure off all the other relationships in your life. And it allows you to show up for those relationships in a more full and authentic way, I believe. So yeah, it doesn't necessarily... I know, I know it's not always easy, particularly if you've got kids to, to have time on your own, but if you can just find little pockets throughout your week to give yourself that life-giving time, it's so important, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so if we are, you know, approaching Christmas Day on our own or we are spending uh, the festive season on our own or socializing alone, what's the biggest and most important thing you want people to remember about spending time solo? I think, first of
1: all, I I would like to acknowledge that I know that for some people – spending time alone is not a choice and people may be grieving or they may have come out of a very difficult relationship or they may have find themselves single and it wasn't their choice. Like I, I completely respect and acknowledge the grief that can come from being alone. But I think the most important thing to remember is that being alone itself does not make you a broken human. Mm. It does not make you a lesser person than people around you who are partnered or have children or with family. There, that is just a story that we have imprinted onto um, the act of being alone. And there is a huge difference between solitude and loneliness. Mm. Um, you know, solitude is a description of fact, and loneliness. Is a reaction to it almost. So I, I find often that the the hardest things about being solo are not are not actually about my life and being a single person. It's about other people's responses to it. So try to shake off the view of yourself as having failed in life mm. if you're spending time alone. Um, That is, again, it's just a script that we've been given and we don't have to follow it. We can reject it and we can write our own script. Um, And it will take practice and take time. So if you're not jumping for joy by being on your own, that's okay. Like, just take your time with it and try to find the things in that aloneness that are life giving and are joyful and that you're grateful for and the things that you can do on your own and and you know write a list of the things that you're grateful for and the things that you don't have to put up with as a result of being on your own. Um yeah it's just about reframing it really and and not seeing it as as a deficiency in yourself. It's just a description of fact.
0: Absolutely Jill. Such wonderful brilliant life affirming helpful advice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Jill Stark is a best-selling author, award-winning journalist and mental health advocate. She has a number of brilliant books that I'm going to pop in the show notes for you. And also, as Jill mentioned, we have actually recorded another episode about renegotiating your relationship with alcohol Now is a brilliant time to bring that up because if you're going into this silly season feeling like that relationship might be a little bit out of kilter, I highly recommend taking a listen to that podcast and checking out Jill's book, High Sobriety. Really useful. And I promise you, you you're going to have a much better time without it so check that out in the show notes thank you so much for joining me I really appreciate it if you're enjoying the series so far and you're just joining us please leave me a review wherever you're listening and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode I'm in start. I sincerely hope that's helpful